Chapter Twelve of Bazaar by Lawton McCall. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Nick Bulka. Musique glacée. Of all strivers after the ideal, none have so kindly a method as the architects responsible for those pleasing structures termed French pastry. Whatever they create is delicate delectable, imbued with sweetness. Putting aside the thought of future fame, these gentle artificers devote their labor to works as perishable as they are exquisite, meringues sculptured in ambrosial stucco that melt to nothing, roseate cakelets of which the crimson splendor endures no longer than a sunset, kisses that are all too brief tarts which, frail as flowers, succumb quickly to hunger in the dessert. These crust craftsmen pour forth richness as songbirds do, creating rapture for but a precious moment. If ordinary architecture is frozen music, then surely this Gallic refinement of it is musique glacée. There are many styles, ranging from perpendicular gothic to powdered rococo. So many, in fact, that one could scarcely hope to masticate them all at a single sitting. Two or three is the most I have ever been able to account for. Yet each style, if found in its purity, merits attention as an embodiment of good taste. For even the humblest cream puff, despite the looseness of its design and the unpretentiousness of its exterior, has an interior well worth investigating. Perhaps the most important landmark in all the realm of pastry is the tradition-hallowed and chocolate-roofed eggclair, whose long nave affords sanctuary for whipped cream or custard. Not necessarily chocolate-roofed, however, the eaves may be tinged instead with a soft patina of café a lot. This mellow-hued pile, eminently edible, is cherished by multitudes of devotees. Another structure beautiful in ruin is the massive patty that serves as donjon keep for oysters. Upon its crumbling ramparts parsley has found root and encircling its fissured base is a broad moat of gravy, gaunt, sugarless. No oyster can hope to escape. An equally notable tower is the stately white Charlotte Russe. Its impenetrable wall of cardboard, reinforced inside with a dowdy thickness of cake, rises sheer from the glasses of the plate and terminates in crenellated battlements over the edge of which hang masses of cream ready for the invader. Upon the topmost pinnacle is posted a sentinel cherry. Of contrastingly mild aspects are the various crisp terraces, those luxuriant hanging gardens, where fruits of every sort are spread out in gorgeous profusion rows of gold-gleaming apricots, 
neat hedges of orange plugs, happy pears and orderly better halves of peaches, a bed of sugar-fed strawberries, each tucked in snugly, grapes chaliced in fluted pie-crust, jocund apple-chips and banana-checkers, cuddled cozily slice against slice, truly a paradise in pastry. And there are a host of other fair shapes, the pantheon-like kasuth cake, beneath the low dome of which is a votive offering of cream, the amazing custard skyscraper, with its innumerable floors, no walls and gaily iced roof, the Byzantine Baba Arun, inlaid with tutti-frutti mosaics and steeped in subtle enchantment and countless others, fanes, kiosks, minarets, pavilions, reliquies of jam, baffling description or digestion. Frail, ephemeral, created with no thought of permanence, and yet we should hardly enjoy them more if they were built of everlasting marble. The craftsmen who designed them, scorning personal glory, do not sign their works, for theirs is the true aesthetic spirit, so rare in this commercial age. Their handiwork faithfully bears out the precept, tart for tart's sake. End of chapter 12